This is JMJ Real Talk with Josh, Maria, and Jolene. Welcome back. This is episode 20, all about setting boundaries. Something that, well, actually all three of us here at this yeah, table struggle, struggle with. with. Or did struggle <laughs> with at one point. I feel like we're getting better. Okay, well, two out of the three, that's two thirds. That's better than 50%. At least two out of the three are doing better. We'll let you guess which one is kind of like iffy still. Jolene. <coughs> <laughs> I thought it was First me. off, <laughs> what are boundaries? Well, they're those dark lines on a map <laughs> that separate <laughs> states and counties. So those are geographic boundaries. We're talking about boundaries in life in general. Emotional oh. boundaries. Like I said, two out of three of us. <laughs> One out of three. <laughs> All right. Well, if I, I say I know what they mean, then I actually have to be able to do it, right? I didn't say you had to know how to do it. You just got to say it well enough that they believe you know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries are the ability to say to someone what you're comfortable with yeah setting the limit saying you know i'm okay with it up to this point point. and you know a lot of times when we talk about boundaries we think about physical space well, what are you comfortable with me being in your in your proximity or in your bubble we talk about bubbles a lot with kids do you like johnny being your bu- being in your bubble no t- well tell johnny get out of my bubble and and so we we talk about it a lot in that way but then when we get down to it and we look at having to set boundaries saying, you know what? I know I have 10,000 things to do at school uh, to be prepared for Monday, but I'm not going to go into work on Saturday because that's not a contracted day. And I know a lot of our listeners that are teachers are going, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to get to that point where I don't have to go in on Saturday. Oh, and Sunday. And you know what? I'm going to stay late Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. But Thursday, Friday, those are my days. Good for you. Go and do what you need to to feel success in the classroom. But if at any point you're thinking, wait a minute, this isn't the life I want. I don't want to be married to my job, that's when a boundary comes into play. At what point are you going to say enough is enough and I'm not going to spend my time that I could be with my family in the classroom doing something? Well, and there are different type of boundaries. So you can talk about boundaries in your job, boundaries with your family, boundaries with your friends, you know, boundaries in your relationship. You can't just, you know, come into the house and make yourself comfortable because (laughs) somebody else isn't there. I need all the cheese out of my fridge. How far are you willing to give or take before it reaches that limit? And you want to hit that place and you want to find that place before it goes too far. Because if you don't, you're going to risk burnout. But I think boundaries can also, because sometimes they get kind of a negative rap. Boundaries get a negative rap, but I feel like they can also repair relationships. If you're able to communicate and tell people like, no, that's not okay with me, then they're able to know what to do and what not to do and be able to know what those boundaries are so that you can have a better relationship. Well, and I think that's the key point is how do you communicate that? Mm-hmm. You mean we have to talk? <laughs> Communication. Well, you don't have to, but then it's not going to end well. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Uh, so why is setting boundaries important? You guys kind of t- touched on it a little bit as we started with that first question, but let's elaborate a little bit more. Well, I think it's to maintain your relationship. So if you want to keep that relationship, you have to be able to communicate and say, these are my boundaries. This is where I'm comfortable at. So would you say, though, that when you reach that point of setting that boundary, is it really to keep that relationship with that person? Or is it so that you protect yourself and your own well-being in order? 
order to keep that relationship? I think it's both, but I guess it would depend on the situation, I guess, and why are you setting boundaries? And I guess also a give and take. So if you're in a, in a committed relationship with someone, you have to be willing to talk and maybe even change your boundaries if you want to stay in that relationship or decide, oh, this isn't working for me. I think being flexible in those boundaries, that would be helpful. If, if you're in a new relationship or any kind of, and it doesn't have to be, it could be a relationship with just a staff member and setting the boundary. Okay, well, I've had to do that in my new position, set different boundaries. But I feel like those boundaries can also change and that can be healthy as well. And that comes with trust. Yes. Yeah, and, and I agree. I think that it's important to set those boundaries because if you don't, it's, it's going to be detrimental to you, your mental health, physical health, uh, emotional health, your well-being in general. And I know for me, you know, I, I've mentioned this in, se- in this in several of our episodes, but I went from going to work seven days a week just to be able to be prepared and plan to saying Saturday and Sunday are my days that I'm not going into work because you get so burned out and then you're like, okay, but there's teachers who are doing it without coming in. So what, what, what am I doing that's wrong? What am I doing? That, why am I not able to make it work with only being here during contracted time? And so even with switching to a new job, like Jolene said, learning to find boundaries with staff members, with, with coworkers and all of that, I still am working to find those boundaries so that I don't go in on the weekends. I don't bring work home. I leave as close to 315 as possible because it's important for my own well-being that I don't pour my entire amount of energy into my job. But I still have to be a good teacher and because that's important to me as well. You said something that kind of made me think about how we structure our lives, creates those boundaries. And there's, there's something in the fact that sometimes that we have to realize that it's okay to set boundaries, but it's also okay to change them when we need to. I, I really think that there's sometimes in your life that you have set a boundary that might not be very helpful or, or realistic or realistic or even healthy. It could be an unhealthy boundary. And that to me is a sign of growth that yes. you're growing as a person to realize that it's not a healthy choice. And what I hear you saying with that though is that it comes from you. Mm-hmm. If you are changing the boundary that you have a that you have created for somebody else's well-being that's not a boundary mm-hmm. that's a okay i can waver here and i can waver there right boundaries are meant so that you feel safe yep you feel protected and you feel that you are in control of your life. If you choose to move that boundary and say, you know what, I really have a lot going on next week and I'm bringing it back to work because I think that that's something that all of us can have in common, a a job of some sort, whether that's teaching or counseling or whatever it may be. You know, if I go in on Saturday, I'm going to feel less stressed for the coming week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move that boundary for that one time. That doesn't mean that every Saturday from now on I'm going to go in. Mm -hmm. But for my mental health, my mental stress level, I'm going to go in and make this work. And I and I think new teachers need to know that their first year and maybe even their second year is going to look totally different than their 20th year. Well, especially right now with COVID. I right. mean, we are <laughs> in a new world right now and we're all trying to figure out how we can make this work. But I, I think they need to figure out that balance and set the boundaries and then stick to it. Even when it feels like it's, oh, if I don't 
if I don't do this or if I don't get this done, it's not going to be good. Even that feeling of like, oh, this is not going to be good. They still need to stick with their boundaries that they've set because a healthy teacher and a happy teacher is going to do a lot more with their students than one that's stressed out. What's that saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. You know, our job is to pour into 20, 25 kids in any given day. And if our cup is already empty because we're burnt out or we have pushed that boundary so far with overexerting ourselves in our jobs, in our lives, with our families, we're not going to be able to teach effectively whether we have the most perfect lesson planned or if all we wrote down on our lesson plan was lesson four. Right. You know, and and, and maybe you don't write any more than that, but Mm -hmm. you know the routine. And once you get there, that is one thing that I found is, you know, turning in lesson plans. I know this is kind of a rabbit hole that I'm going down, but turning in lesson plans, it, you know, you always have this expectation that, oh, I have to have everything written now of I'm going to be on, you know, on Monday on page 20 and on Tuesday, I'm going to be on page 28 and on Thursday, you know, and so on. But really this week I'm going to take and do lesson four and I'm going to go at the pace my kids need. I don't have to have it completely planned out as long as I have that general idea. And I guess that's where we kind of tie it back into boundary setting is, is that I'm willing to write lesson four down and not necessarily all those details because I know that when I'm at work, I'm going to prepare for that next chapter while I'm there working, not coming in on the weekends, spending my own time. And creating a structure within those boundaries will really help you hold those boundaries steady. I know that my first year teaching, I knew nothing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, back in the day when they handed you the newspaper, I mean, those old teachers that are listening right now, you know what the newspaper was. It was a newspaper with the standards. And I was handed it and said, this is your curriculum. I didn't, I had maybe one teacher manual in my classroom, no student books, nothing. And what's funny is that was fearful to you. Yeah. But nowadays, oh yeah, we would just climb all over that. Oh yeah. Because it's like, you're going to let me have professional freedom and teach the themes I want to teach. Heck yeah. Your first year teaching though, it's just like... Oh no, not your first year teaching. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, that was my first year teaching. Yeah, so building those structures to help you keep the boundaries your first set of years, that will be really helpful in in the long run. When is it difficult to set boundaries? When you're a first year teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Or when you're in a new job. I think that's difficult because you're trying to figure everyone out and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, how, how are they going to feel about me being in this role well it's a little bit like high school right those kids have known you since first grade and they're like well you we know you since first grade you're like a certain person you can't change your role right and so when you change your role within a building that's known you for something else, it's really hard sometimes for them to make that adjustment. I mean, I, I don't feel that way in my own job, but I know personally my friend who I taught with suddenly became our boss. And it was really hard for some of those teachers to see her in that role because they're like, no, we raised you. You're our baby cub. You can't be telling us what to do. And so sometimes it's just within the building when you change roles. That's a hard. Well, and I think it's, you know, when you are in it, job and you are doing it successfully and people are praising you for your job well done and how you teach or how you manage students or how you run certain programs in the classroom and then you change jobs and you aren't necessarily getting that same kind of praise. Um, it, it doesn't mean that you're not the same teacher but it's it makes it difficult to set the boundary of not going in on all the weekends again because mm-hmm. you have already worked so hard to not do that. And so when you want 
want to be good at something and you want to feel that success, whether that's success by hearing people say it or just feeling that success, which to me is way more important than hearing it, you almost break that boundary that you set for yourself because you don't feel successful in the job you're doing. Even though people from the outside looking in could see that you're doing the, the same job. And I know that's kind of hard to follow, but... Yeah, I, I understand. It's like when I told my fourth grade students that I was going to be run small groups. Oh, you're not going to be a teacher anymore. No, <laughs> I'm going to be a teacher still. You know, it's that that switch of yeah. roles. It's really hard. Well, it's hard for students. It's also hard for adults. Well, and, I, and I also think that it's difficult to set boundaries when you feel powerless. So talking more probably on the, the relationship side of things or not, not necessarily like an intimate relationship, but outside of the work setting mm-hmm. um, when, when there's a power imbalance. Yeah. Um, I guess it could work in the workplace as well if you have a boss who is um, overpowering or um, micromanaging and, and changing things last minute. You could feel that way. No, not me. <laughs> that power <laughs> imbalance. I, I think it, that's an important piece because yeah. I, I, if I think back to my first year of teaching or even first, I would say first four years of teaching, three, <laughs> three, four years of teaching. Uh, I said yes. To yes. Everything. Yes. Oh, we need somebody to sign up for this committee. Yes. Uh, we need somebody to help run this. Yes. Uh, we need you to lead trainings and doing this. Okay. Yes. And, and at a certain point, you fill up your plate to the point of not being able to do the job you were hired to do to the caliper that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so you learn quickly to say no. And that's so hard as a new teacher because as a new teacher, you're like, I just want them to like me and I want them to keep me and I want them to know that I'm a team player and that I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to do that and I'm going to do this and that. And then pretty soon you're in year seven or eight and you're like, holy crap, I'm never home because I'm doing this committee and I'm on that that committee and I'm helping to plan for this and I'm doing that and I'm teaching this and I'm coaching that and I'm doing... And we get to a point where we're not even in charge of our own lives anymore and so we have to set that boundary which can be difficult once you've said yes to everything to then have to go back and say you know what I'm gonna say no now well and even as a veteran teacher I mean it it's hard to say no because you're the one that's you know the experienced but you, one but and you were also one of the new teachers who said yes to everything and so you you were trained it or sucks trained being a veteran teacher <laughs> or tell you that right now or trained yourself to say yes because you are that's the heart you have you're a giving heart and you're willing to help out and so now as a veteran teacher you still have that well I want to say yes I want to be helpful I want to be um, there to support people as much as I can but at a certain point which is why boundaries are hard because even though I'm going to loop myself into this even though we are that way and we want to go out and support and help teachers and be those people for them we also if you find yourself I'm not going to say we do this because we don't necessarily do this but if you find yourself complaining about having to do those things you're not doing it for the right reasons one and two you're burned out or two you're burned out chances are you're burned out on it from saying yes to so many things and so that's when it's time to set that boundary even though it's going to be hard to come back and say you know what I can't do that but I want you to think back but to that time Maria because <laughs> you're only a year younger than me I want you to think back to that <laughs> she's time ten, she's 33 10 years younger okay, well you, We'll work on the addition <laughs> and subtraction with you. Crap, I'm having to do that going yeah. to fourth grade. Yeah, so. we'll, have to, we'll put you in my fourth grade math class. <laughs> Think back to that time where you realized that you were the veteran teacher. I remember, I can it's, actually... It was, it was scary. I can actually <laughs> remember the time when I was like, wait a minute, what? You're actually looking to me for advice? And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to set new boundaries. This is like a new terrain for me. I, I, But I remember that feeling where it was like, I was kind of looking over my shoulder like, what? Are, you're not talking talking to me now are you because I was like oh crap 
up. I'm the old one. <laughs> well, and I think we also do a lot of things out of habit. Yes. You know, oh, it's November. We're supposed to be doing this. Oh, it's December. We're supposed to be getting ready for that. Mm-hmm. And th- I think so. It's would you just say that you're shooting on yourself? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, it's November. We should be doing that. Ah, oh, it's December. We should be doing I that. I am. I am shooting. So in episode myself. seven, uh, <laughs> when we talked about shooting, you mm-hmm. know, S H O U L D I N G, yeah. uh, shooting, we want to make sure that you're not shooting on yourself by saying I'm a new te- I'm a new teacher I want to be a team player I'm going to do this choose to do it because you want to do it not because you think you should do it and it's because it's going to be beneficial to your growth set the boundaries now so that when you get to being a veteran teacher you're not one of those bitter old veteran teachers that's like this it's district never <laughs> did anything for me you know when we get to that point that we've already set those boundaries so that we don't get to that point we we need to make sure that we're good role models for that as well. How can you teach students to set boundaries? Well, just like what I just said, we need to be role models for that, right? So showing the students where your boundaries are, what's appropriate for school, what's appropriate for home. I I, kind of bring it in that way. It's like what's appropriate for school may not be appropriate. And I like to think about it in this way. I I had a mentor teacher and close teaching partner that would say to kids, instead of correcting them or yelling at them for saying curse words in the classroom or on the playground they would simply say oh that sounds like home language to me Mm -hmm. you know at your home it might be acceptable for you to say the f word but here at school it's offensive to a lot of people and so we can't say that word here at school instead of them getting in trouble they just learned a valuable boundary lesson of stating that's not acceptable here at school i'm not telling you you can't say it that's up to your family and you but here at school this is what's accepted and this is what's not we do this all the time when we create classroom expectations when we create create our classroom family, we set boundaries. What's acceptable to you to feel safe? What's acceptable to you to feel like you can get your work done while everybody else is still in the room? And so we're setting those boundaries. We're teaching those boundaries to kids in that moment by saying, all right, if I'm up here teaching, what would be helpful for the rest of the class to be doing? Well, sitting quiet. Yeah, that would be a helpful thing for them to do so that you can hear me. What else? Well, if somebody else wants to talk, uh, they give you a thumbs up. Oh, yes. That way we have a signal instead of just shouting out because shouting out is loud which causes kids to not be able to focus on the the lesson that's happening we're setting those boundaries now i'm not using the word boundary with them when we're doing this but what we're doing is setting that boundary so then when it comes down to it and johnny is still blurting out we can say johnny the expectations of our classroom are that you give me a thumbs up when you're ready to talk so that i can call on you so that everyone can stay focused now i've told him that limit that was already created as a classroom and limit and boundary to me are synonyms they they tell Tell me where that where I draw that line, whether that's rules, expectations, whether that's uh, classroom behavior um, and all of those kinds of things. How do boundaries connect to goal achievement? Well, we talked about goal setting and commitments in episode 17. And we talked a lot about how we have to set like little goals or little ways that we're going to make commitments in order to achieve the bigger picture. And I feel like boundaries, creating boundaries help us keep within that bigger picture of what we what our goal is. Well, with kids, it's 
like teaching them the smaller steps to get to the bigger steps. So it's like not to overwhelm them, but to say, okay, this is basically what we want to achieve by the end of the year. And these are the little things that we are going to do in order to get there and showing them their progress. I I completely agree with that. And I think that it's probably easier to talk about goal achievement with setting boundaries with your own children, because, you know, the goal is that you get to play soccer. Well, in order to play soccer, you have to pass your classes. Right now you're failing math. Your letter grade is an F. What could we do to raise your grade to at least a C so that you can continue playing soccer? Let me help you with that. So we're setting the boundary of saying you can't play soccer if you're failing classes. So now our goal achievement that we're shooting for is to get to play soccer. And in order to do that, I have to set a goal to be there, right? And so what am I going to do? And the boundaries are that, okay, well, I don't get to sit up and play video games until two o'clock in the morning. Uh, That's the boundary. The boundary is, is that I'm not responsible enough to sit in my bedroom and work on homework. I'm going to sit in the front room for four hours a day. It doesn't have to be the same like in a, in a section. It can be, you know, one hour in the morning and then an hour after that, you know, go take a break and come back. But I have to be upstairs for four hours or in the in the main part of the house for four hours working just on homework so that I can increase my score. And children understand when boundaries are different in different places. Mm-hmm. Because I remember my boys were like, wow, we never did that when we were little. Like they'll say that. And I was like, that's because we had boundaries. And you knew that that's not how we act towards each other or towards um, other people. And so they know, I mean, kids are pretty smart. They like understand like, hey, my family has a little bit different values or different boundaries than my family does. Pets do too. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just, a, just a funny story. Um, so my dog, Risa, she is not allowed on the furniture at all in my house. From the time I've had her that she was a little puppy, not allowed on the couch, not allowed on the ca- on the bed. Um, she's not. And, and she gets in trouble if she chooses to. Well, she doesn't choose to. Well, now my girlfriend, she decided that my dog gets to be on the furniture um, at her house. And so we came up with the, the you know, compromise that she ha- that Risa has to be invited on the furniture. And it's so funny. She knows because she sits and she just stares at you <laughs> and waits for you to like pat the couch for her to come on up. But at my house, she doesn't even look and stare at you. She just goes and lays down because she knows that at this house, we don't get to be on the furniture. Mm-hmm. And at the... At, at, at Emily's house, she gets to be on the furniture. It, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, if a pet can do that, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm not saying that dogs are not intelligent, <laughs> but if a dog can know how to do that, mm-hmm. kids definitely can know where the boundaries lie. Yeah, I had a dog that was the same way, Reba. She, when Paul was not around, she would get on the couch. And as soon as Paul got <laughs> home, she knew she was no longer allowed on the couch. And she probably <laughs> knew about five <laughs> minutes before he got there. Yes. Yeah. So that she was uh, nowhere dog near. Senses. She was nowhere near the couch before he even got, yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh, How do you set boundaries in a professional way? That's the hard part that we talked about. In episode 18, (laughs) assertiveness. (laughs) Putting your assertiveness pants on. Well, just communicating in a way that doesn't hurt feelings, but you still get your point across. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? I have to pause. (laughs) For me, really, it's that moment of not saying what I want to say at the moment. I have to pause and I have to think about it and I have to breathe a little bit too because I I, th- I think my boundaries are also my trigger when someone tries to come across them 
And it's like, oh my gosh. So for me, it's actually the pause and the thinking before I speak. See, I need to get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) I react and then I'm like, and then I restate it and say, okay, this is the way I wanted to respond. Mm -hmm. And this is the boundary I'm going to set. One of my bigger things is don't interrupt me during a classroom lesson like I and I feel so bad when I have to do this and if my teaching partner listens to this she's gonna be like well you did that to me last Tuesday because I did that today to her and it, you know it, to not interrupt when you're like okay I really have to ask this question or I really have to get in there but it's like if you are asking me to go and do something when I have students in my classroom it's like that can wait don't ask me to go change the laminating film in the middle of my math lesson when I have 28 <laughs> kindergartners in front of me you know and and I know that, that pe- didn't people happen, that, did it? no that never happened <laughs> People that I worked with uh, at my last school, they're going to laugh when they hear that story because they know that it, that it, it really didn't bother me to the point that I'm kind of expressing right now. But it was one of those things that was just like, who is laminating right now? We are all supposed to be teaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what is the importance of the laminator at this moment? You know, and, and, and it, it's just silly to me, those kinds of things. But that's when you have to set that boundary the most. And when you are in that high alert, working hard, teaching, uh, reading stories, doing whatever you're doing, and somebody kind of throws a curveball at you like, hey, the laminar needs changed. I'll watch your class while you go do that. It's like, hell no. Don't be doing this to me. I'm going to teach my math lesson. School gets out in 25 minutes, and I'll go change it then. You know, that kind of a thing. And and, and like Jolene said, it's that take a pause, take a deep breath. Before you re- react, just take a deep breath, pause, and respond to set that boundary. Boundaries are important for both your mental and physical health. When boundaries are set, we are able to work towards achieving goals, build relationships, and focus on our well-being. When we teach children how to set boundaries at an early age, we give them the tools needed for standing for their needs in a job, a relationship, and amongst friends, which in turn creates a generation that knows what they need to continue in their professions and relationships without burnout. This was JMJ Real Talk. Tune in next time for more on social-emotional health.